All right, so we are going to try something a little bit different today. Uh, Kelly Cho, our regular reporter here on a Friday, is bringing us what we're going to be calling TM Buzz. This is where we look through the internet, see what the hot search terms are, and uh, some of the uh, trending hashtags, and try to bring you those stories. These are kind of typically stories that we don't cover in our daily news briefing. So Kelly Cho uh, doing the research for us in the studio. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Henry. So we're going to first start with uh, something that... uh, drew a lot of attention from people, and it is really a continuation of uh, the updates on the plight of delivery workers here, especially during the uh, pandemic. Uh, Since COVID-19 last year, a lot of people have started to use and rely on parcel delivery services, causing a lot of delivery workers now to be overworked. Seems like the uh, situation now has uh, brought about a pretty big conflict between the unionized delivery workers and these various logistic firms. Mm -hmm. Yes. And as you have mentioned, the whole pandemic situation has caused many couriers to suffer from overwork due to the surge in online orders. And last year, 19 couriers died because of this exhausting workload. And as the problem did not seem to be solved, despite what has happened, unionized delivery workers threatened to launch a general strike ahead of the Lunar New Year unless measures are made upon preventing their overwork. The delivery workers mainly argued that sorting parcels before delivery should be done by logistic firms instead of them. And essentially, the couriers do not get paid for this job, and according to their argument, this seems to be one of the main factors that contributed to their overwork. Right, and so this has been ongoing for a while, and and all these tragic deaths uh, seem to be avoidable. Uh, The good news seems to be they've made an agreement regarding this yesterday, is that right? That's right. Uh, The two sides finally agreed to the mediations proposed by the government. And in the agreement, it stipulates that sorting parcels is logistic firm's responsibility in principle, but they can divide the work with distributors after negotiations. It also requires firms to come up with automation plans in which employers will assign workers to sort or pay couriers extra for the additional workload before the automation is complete. The new agreement also mentions that firms will make sure delivery workers do not work over 60 hours in a week and limit late-night deliveries to 9 p.m. However, holidays such as the Lunar New Year will be exceptional, which will be limited to 10 p.m. on this occasion. And with the agreement settled, the union announced they will withdraw plans to strike ahead of the Lunar New Year holiday. Right, and so we do have to care for the well-being of these workers, and that does also mean that us as consumers have to be a bit patient during Lunar New Year. So there Mm -hmm. might be some deliveries that come a little bit later than expected. But we have to understand that really um, (laughs) there's just a limit to manpower and how much you can expect. And I know Mm -hmm. that customers always are demanding, but uh, we do have to also recognize there's a human element involved with that. Okay, let's move on to our second topic. This was also uh, very much buzzing on the internet and it's in regards to this popular YouTuber, uh, popular for her mok Mukbang content. Uh, mm-hmm. Her name is Jiyang. Recently, she opened a punshik uh, jip or a Korean kind of snack bar using kind of flour goods that went quite viral because, first of all, it was highly anticipated. She's popular, so a lot of people wanted to try it out. But then the controversy arose that they think she was price gouging. They think she was overcharging for her food. Tell us more about this. Yes, Jiyang, as many listeners may know or have heard of, is a famous mukbang YouTuber who currently has over 3 million subscribers. And recently, as you said, she has been criticized for overpricing the food on the menu at her new Korean snack bar, or punjikjib in Korean. 
Her place sells punsik, which refers to Korean snacks like tteokbokki. And this particular type of food is normally inexpensive, and I'd say rather cheap. Mm. And before pre-opening her place, she had a testing period where she invited her close friends to check out the place. The menu and the interior were freely captured and uploaded on social media platforms. And as soon as these photos were revealed, some SNS users pointed out that the food is overpriced and is not enough. And I have also taken a look at the menu, mm. and dishes such as tteokbokki's price range from 6,501 to 9,001, wow. <laughs> which I guess is quite expensive compared to ordinary punjik places. And regarding this issue, Tsiang announced to postpone the pre-opening of her restaurant. And regarding the small portion of the food, she explained on her video that it's the deep bowl which makes the serving look small in photos. Yeah, that explanation itself was also very controversial. Because <laughs> yes. I was like, Come on, we're not dumb. We can tell if there's a lot of food or a little bit of food. Okay, um, with Zhiyang, she's popular, but a lot of times these YouTubers or um, internet celebrities, they get popular because of controversy and they kind of sometimes use that. This is not the first time for her to be in such a heated controversy. Well, yes. Um, last August, she announced through her YouTube channel that she will retire and not post any videos anymore after receiving so many hate comments from back advertising. And during this period, many social media influencers were blamed for not following the act on fair labeling and advertising. Many influencers did not label or mention the advertisement appropriately on their content, which was considered as back advertising or tikwango in Korean. And in the latest episode of NBC talk show Radio Star, she explained she wasn't aware of such law when she first opened her channel, but she started following the rule as soon as she realized it. And regarding her comeback as a YouTuber, she explained she decided to come back sooner than later because she did not, she did not want to let her fans to just wait for her and also didn't want herself to be forgotten. And the cynical also opinion would be she did not want to keep losing out on that mm. uh, YouTube uh, revenue, which can be quite... <laughs> Lucrative. Okay, so uh, moving on now to another aspect of the internet, which is unfortunately uh, very disturbing, and that is cyberbullying. Government data is showing that school violence, that means kind of face-to-face violence, like hitting each other, that has dropped uh, among students because of the uh, pandemic, which is good news. However, cyberbullying has risen during the pandemic. Uh, People, students are not physically with each other, so they're communicating online. Um, So it seems like that has allowed bullies to figure out new ways to try to torment their victims, and that is through cyberbullying, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, the Ministry of Education conducted an online survey from September to October in 2020 to 3.57 million students from grade 4 to 11 regarding school violence. And compared to 2019's rate, the overall school violence dropped almost by half, as only 0.9% of the students said they experienced school violence. However, when it came to cyberbullying and group bullying, the rates jumped by 3.4 percentage point and 2.8 percentage point, respectively. It seems like the remote learning environment has caused students to come up with new forms of bullying, especially on online platforms. The Ministry of Education is currently looking for the main cause of the drop in the overall school violence. And regarding the surge in cyberbullying, the ministry said it will collaborate with related ministries and educational offices to launch campaigns to prevent cyberbullying in the coming month. Yeah, I remember previous surveys uh, on students saying that about like 70% of students have said they have experienced some form of cyberbullying at one Mm. point in 
their school careers, mm-hmm. which is too high a number. And so there is yeah. certainly, it's much more difficult to try to track this because what you're seeing online happening is not necessarily something that's apparent to us as adults. And so, mm, right. uh, but it could have uh, as much, if not more, of a psychological uh, damage to mm-hmm. these kids. All right. Final story here. Again, history being made with Joe Biden becoming the 46th president of the United States. Also history being made by his vice president, Kamala Harris. Uh, Tell us more about her, please. Yes, Kamala Harris has made history for being the first female, first black and first Asian American vice president. She was born to two immigrant parents, an Indian born mother and a Jamaican born father. And she started her career at the Alameda County District Attorney's Official after um, earning a law degree at the University of California, Hastings. She was also elected the first female and the first African-American to serve as California's Attorney General, the top lawyer and law enforcement official. um, Harris launched her candidacy for president at the beginning of 2019 but dropped out of uh, the presidential race in December 2019 after failing to articulate a clear rationale for her campaign. Soon after, Biden chose Harris as his running mate and described her as one of the country's finest public servants and a fearless fighter for the little guy. And as it stands right now, perhaps the frontrunner to become the next Mm -hmm. Democratic Party uh, presidential candidate uh, uh, in 2024 should Joe Biden decide not to run again. So Mm -hmm. a lot of excitement there. Uh, We're going to leave it there. Kelly, as always, thank you very much. Um, We'll see how this goes with this new segment and hope you have a good weekend. (laughs) Thank you.